Hey everybody, welcome to the Dance of Life podcast. My name is Tudor Alexander and I'm your host on this wonderful day. My special guest today is Angela Lalonde and she's the best-selling author of The Younger Self Letters and also the best-selling author of a recently released book called The Lighthouse Method where she shares some strategies on how she recovered from a very dark period of her life and back into the light of Christ. So I'm very excited to have her on the show actually to share her testimony as well as what inspired her book. And so I hope her testimony is encouraging to you wherever you happen to be on your walk with the Lord. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Hey, well, thanks for coming on the show, Angela. We had a little uh, technology problem this morning, but <laughs> we rescued it. Praise God. Yes, praise God. I'm so happy to be here, Tudor. Thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, um, I'm really excited to talk about a lot of things you've done, especially your book, The the Lighthouse Method. But before we get started, I usually ask my guests to, to lead us in prayer. Would you want to lead us in a quick prayer? Yes, I would love that. All right. Father, we thank you for this divine moment. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak freely about you and what you've done in our lives. Father, we thank you for all that you've done here. We just invite your Holy Spirit into this place. Father, we just ask that you would speak through us, touch our hearts, grant us the wisdom to say what you would have us to say. Father, I just ask for every hearer um, that their ears would be open, that their eyes would be opened um, to see you um, in a different way um, in their lives. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do here. Uh, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And that's so true. You know, we and this morning for me was a great reminder with just you never know what's going to happen in your life, but God is always going to have your back. And that's yes. that's the truth. So that's it. And that's then you it. look back and you're like, man, I was just upset for no reason. We get so upset. <laughs> so, we're so stupid. You know, <laughs> this world is always, always pulling at our emotions. And in one, I know I find myself doing that. Uh, I wouldn't say daily, but we have three. My husband and I have three small girls. Oh my two, God. four <laughs> and six. And wow. so. They're all all girls and wanting to, you know, wear what they want to wear or or not yeah. wear, you know, what you know, anything. And so so sometimes it's okay, Lord, grant me patience with this child who I love so much. Can you please grant me some patience with her? <laughs> I saw I saw a meme one of my friends posted and um he has a couple kids too. And it, it, the meme was basically like a conversation. It was like me, you know, why don't my kids listen to me? And then it was God, LOL, you know, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yes. It's so true. So, yes. well, hey, listen, um, I'm really excited to hear about your your recent book, but I have a quick question. I mean, were you, were you a Christian before you wrote The Lighthouse Method or did was that coinciding with you coming to Christ? You've been Christian for a long time in your life or how do those two, two things intersect? Yes, yeah, a great question. So uh, I wrote it after um, I I would say that I publicly professed my faith and you know accepted Jesus Christ when I was uh, a young child, seven seven or eight. And uh, my twin sister and I were with our dad, um, our parents' house, and I remember we we prayed together, and then uh, then I was baptized at, at church. Um, that was young, you know, I was young then. And I would say um, five years ago, I had this um, radical encounter with the Holy Spirit and changed my life. And so from there, uh, this, the inspiration of the book 
you know, uh, was a, I would say a divine, divine prompting for sure, uh, came from it. So it's definitely, it's a, it's a, it's, it's laced with scripture throughout the book. Um, because, you know, it's, it, God had given me the, um, idea to help others through what I, I had been through and coming out of my own darkness. And so, um, it's really for, for others to be able to, to see how they can get out of it as well. But I, I would say that, I had, you know, publicly professed, but really didn't know exactly what that meant. Um, even going into rules versus relationship most of my life, it was kind of, these are the rules. Um, I grew up in a Baptist church. That's That yeah. was uh, what I was doing then. So it was, it was more rules than relationship. And it's not until really five years ago after this radical encounter that I, I just, my, my lens changed and my thoughts about just, you know, how I perceived life in general changed. You know, it's interesting that you say that with rules versus relationship, especially coming from a Protestant denomination. And I find so, I don't really pertain to any denomination. I just try to stick with the Bible and try to you know yeah. emulate Christ as much as Same. we can. Right. And we fail at every, every single day, but yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's just amazes me that it's just human nature to to go to rules. You know, we, it's just human nature yeah. to go to these things that don't serve us to go to religion. Yeah. We religify everything, even yeah. Protestant denominations, which essentially Protestantism was about getting back to a relationship with Christ and, you know, getting back to the word and all that stuff. But, you know, you see even in Protestant denominations, even today, it's just, it's crazy all over the place. It's religion. It's the same old yeah. things that people have struggled with for centuries. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's really interesting. So with this thing that happened five years ago, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I love it. Um, so five years ago, um, I had a dream. All right. And, um, you know, biblically, the Lord speaks through dreams uh, to people. I did not know this, you know, at the time. And so um, I had this dream of, I had a friend of mine who, um, who, who had a mentor and he just knew things. Okay. That's, that's all I knew. He just knew things. And I thought, this is so interesting. This guy just kind of knows, knows things about people that like almost God secrets. Right. Yeah. And so, um, one night I had a dream. I never met him and he and his wife, uh, in, in my dream, I saw them, uh, sitting down in a grassy meadow. And I, I, I looked at her and I remember seeing, her hair was in a long ponytail and she was looking up directly up into the sky with the most joy I had ever seen in a human being. And I remember going, oh, that is remarkable. The joy that she has. And, and I, I thought about that and then went on to something else in the dream. And, you know, um, when I woke up, I called my friend and I said, hey, um, and I'm getting to what happened. So this is just kind yeah, of building no, up. Yeah. So I woke up and I said, uh, I called my friend and said, hey, look, I met this man and his wife last night in my dream, I need to meet him. I just felt like I need to meet him in real life. And so he owns a, a jewelry store, a jewelry store in the area. And so I walked into his jewelry store and he looked at me and he said, have we met? I thought, huh. I felt like he was like seeing into my soul. Wow. <laughs> I feel like I started weeping immediately, but you know, um, he, I, and I said, uh, we haven't met, but we did in my, in my dream last night. And so he said, well, tell me about it. So I started telling him about the dream and about his wife. And I said, and your wife was sitting there and, and the joy in her face was just remarkable. And he said, 
We need to call my wife right now, he said. For the past three days, I have been praying for my wife to be filled with joy. She was under severe demonic attack. She was uh, severe oppression. Um, and so he had been praying for her. So, you know, I guess it was a message from the Lord. I didn't know that. But um, but anyway, so we got on the phone with her. Well, after that, uh, she and I started meeting every week uh for a Bible study at their house. And so I would leave work on Uncle Wednesday, I think, and I had left. Uh, we met for an hour. We'd read and discuss and whatnot. And then I'd go back to the office. Um, and so in and long story short, um, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit with her, uh, which was a concept that I had never heard of before because she basically said, uh, and truthfully, Tudor, I don't know where you stand in this, but I'm just telling you my experience here. So yeah, no, uh, this is what uh, really, it, 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 it was incredible. So she's one day said, um, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I said, what is that? And so we went to Acts and um, got to see where, where the people were baptized with tongues of fire, you know, and so the speaking in tongues, which which was something I was not familiar with and was a little uncomfortable with, but I was open. And so uh, anyway, we read through the Bible. She prayed with me and I just knew that, you know, God, whatever you have for me, I'm just, I mean, I just want to be open. I want more of you, like, period, just period. And so I was so earnest about that. And so I went back to my office I'm sitting in the women's bathroom. Okay. I'm sitting in the women's bathroom. I'm praying and I'm going, God, please show me yourself. I, I just, I please, I just, I just went and I, I felt something stirring inside. And all of a sudden this eruption came out of my mouth, this holy language is all I can say. And I was weeping going, this is real. This is real. And I, I'm in the women's bathroom. So it was radical um, that day. And I remember going, I have to explain my husband to my husband what happened here. And so I wasn't sure if he would just be totally weirded out, you know? Right, yeah. And so, uh, which he wasn't at the end of the day. So, uh, but, but since then, knowing that there was more uh, of God, you know, that he is here. It's not just like you get saved and that, you know, and, and then Jesus comes into your heart and that's it. You know what I mean? It's there's more that God wants to share with us. It's more that He wants to do with us and partner with us on this earth. And so my eyes were open to a whole new level. Just having that encounter there just just changed changed my life. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, it's it's really you know the the journey begins when we're born again, right? It doesn't end. <laughs> yeah, it just gets started. Yeah, and... that's it. Every day it's a, it's a new journey. Some days are up, some days are down, but ultimately when you look back at your life and, you know, like for you, this thing that happened five years ago, like, man, so much has changed yeah. in in that time. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, nice. Completely. Do, yeah. Do, does your, do you guys, does your husband share kind of the same views as you as far as the faith or are you guys a little different or how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, we're, we're, um, similar uh he, he's not baptized in the holy spirit uh right you know right now gotcha. but i know the lord's working on him um uh, but we are you know we are equally yoked in the sense spiritual sense you know Christian that's, yeah, that's um good. yeah for sure so it's been uh yeah but that was definitely something new that you know neither of us 
we're aware of. And so uh, it's been an interesting ride. Um, yeah, that's just, what I was curious, because sometimes when there's slight differences or, you know, so one person reveals, feels something or gets some, you know, new revelation, it's always interesting to see those dynamics, especially in a marriage. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been really uh, wonderful. Um, and, um, you know, with, with the dreams that, that I'll have and, and things that will happen and, and whatnot, um, he's he's been really, truly really a, a great partner. Have you had any dream? I'm just curious because you know some some people have dreams, and certainly we know in the last days that that's going to increase. So I'm curious yeah. if you had any dreams about the second coming. Have you had any dreams about the end? <laughs> yeah, gosh, you know what? I'll, I'll have to think about that. Um, nothing that right now that vividly, but but when I do, <laughs> I'm going to reach out. Let to me you. know. Maybe we might have to do another interview. <laughs> I know. I know. I have. I do have. Um, I do have a, a, another dream that I, that I want to share with you. Yeah. Um, I don't know when when the timing would be appropriate in, in the conversation today, but it has to do with um, lost identity. Um, but that may be with part of my story, and um, and I, I do I do talk about this dream in the book because it is so uh, the lighthouse profound. method. Yes. Oh, yes. In the lighthouse method. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I was just going to ask you about that. So I guess we can transition yeah. into that. What inspired sure. that book? So you had the the event that happened to you with the dream and, and baptizing the Holy Spirit about five years yeah. ago. Yeah. But then this book you wrote, I believe, last year, right? Like in August 2020. Yes, I published it. I had started. It took about it took about a year. Uh, yeah. You know, I had a, I had a book coach and um, initially, initially, I, I knew that I, I, this this book actually started as a letter and it stayed on my laptop for more than a year. Uh, it was called initially called a letter, uh, a letter for the one or no, a letter to the one. And um, it is the one who is lost like me. OK, and gotcha. which could be multiple people. Right. But it was a letter and I really just spilled my heart. So I knew what I was trying to get out. And then it developed uh, one day I was I was actually writing down notes in uh my, on my computer for uh, a chapter I authored in, a, in another book and in in during that time this image of a lighthouse comes kind of dropped into my spirit and I knew it was for this book and so I started getting these divine downloads uh and writing out um pictures uh of what of what different parts of the method and that kind of thing so it was really uh neat you know how that happened I'm getting off on a tangent and I want to circle back, but I'm trying to remember your initial question. <laughs> oh, you're good. I, I I think it's just interesting. I mean, what what is your method for the for the light the lighthouse method? I guess what is that method? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really, you know, five parts to it, uh, in it. Um and and I and I I, I do okay, well, I'll go, I'll go back to that. So uh step one is really prepare is prepare to rise up. So that is the first, the first step. Um, and in there, there's, there are, I break down different parts, but uh, prepare to rise up. You're casting the vision for healing first. So, that, so first you cast the vision. You think of some of the greats throughout history before Leonardo da Vinci painted the last supper. He saw the masterpiece in his mind, you know, before Venus and Serena Williams were tennis legends, they saw themselves as champions before you were a ballroom professional champion, you know, dancer champion, you probably saw yourself you know, in that space, of course, you practice or whatnot, yeah. but you cast the vision first, right? So, sure. so in preparing, you cast the vision. So, a person who wants to be healed, you've cast a vision for 
healing. If you see it, you can become it. So that was like the very first thing that's that's under that part. Um, this will probably take me an hour to go through. So I'm not, I'm just going to. Yeah, uh, just bullet points. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to hit the bullet points. Um, so you, so you prepare to rise up, uh, become a prism. This is step two. This is the uh, biggest step. This is really all the other steps developed around this one. And it's really neat in the book because. I go, I, I take a step into science. I was always an English person. Okay. I love words, loved English, science, physics, not my thing, but, uh, but in this, I'm able to, um, to talk about the prism. So becoming a prism, you become a prism by being transparent and purified where the impurities in your life are extracted, allowing you to become a conduit for light. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? I just love the whole thought of it. Yeah. Now, the, the reason, the inspiration behind this step, become a prism, um, was uh, Augustine Jean Fresnel. Do you know who that is? Have no, you heard it doesn't, of doesn't ring a bell. I did not before until I started researching lighthouses, but uh, he is the French physicist whose invention of the Fresnel lens revolutionized lighthouse technology in the early 19th century. Oh, wow. It is called... Okay. I know it's incredible, and you can look it up after. It's it's, it's incredible uh, reading about him, uh, but it's it's called the invention that saved a million ships. So, before his lens came on the scene, too many ships were wrecked on rocks uh, because the light that emitted from the lighthouse was not bright enough. Oh, so wow. ships would run aground on rocks because they could not see where they were. So his invention revolutionized technology or lighthouse technology, and it was the prism. Uh, inside the lighthouse that caused the light to shine so far into the night. So uh, before a prism can become this beautiful creation, though, it must go through a purification process. Mm. Um, and, you know, most most prisms are made of glass. Most glass is made by combining sand, soda ash, and limestone and melting these elements at a very high temperature. Once that's done, the impurities inside melt away yeah, I know you get what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it reminds me of all the Bible inside. verses about being purified like silver yes. and gold. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, isn't that, isn't that amazing? Yeah. So what happens with the prism, these impurities melt away, and what's left is this beautiful, sustaining creation. So just like a prism, you must you know, must be purified. We, too, must be purified for our light to pierce tonight. Um, and so I go through this. I go through a purification process uh, in that chapter as well, which is really made of, and I'll go quickly through the others. Um, it's made of uh, humility, confession, repentance, forgiveness, and replacement. So uh, quite simply and not quite so simply, if you are postured in humility, confess your sins or wrongdoings. And, and really sometimes confession is not just... Um, the, a sin that we had committed, some some awful things. Sometimes I, I, I read another definition of um, of confession is relaying the state of your your conscience, right? So mm, you're you're good. able to talk about maybe something that happened to you that you couldn't before. So you confess, you get the words out of your mouth, um, and that's that's healing for you. So posture and humility, confession. Uh, you confess your sins or wrongdoings. You repent of them. Uh, forgive yourself and others, and then replace the negative self-talk, false accusations, and lies with the truth of who God says you are, that you are brave, courageous, more than a conqueror. The end result is a mindset shift, and truly, you break agreement with the devil. 
Um, and that's how you become a prism. So that step, everything, the whole book really developed, all the other steps developed around that one. Gotcha. Um, so thirdly, you have the right support system. So just as a light in a lighthouse, and I learned so much about lighthouses and the, the inner workings, especially during Cornell's time, <laughs> yeah. they had like a mercury basin that uh, would allow the the lighthouse lens to rotate in a in a nearly frictionless environment. That's right. Um, it, you know, and I, I'm like, what is this? I, I I learned all these things about the lighthouse. Most of the time, when we see one, you know, you just know the light shines out of it. But if it didn't have these inner parts, the hidden parts working in conjunction with that light, with the lens, the light wouldn't be able to shine. Right. So. Uh, you too must also have the right support in your life in order for your light to shine. So choose to have people around you who believe in you, challenge, love you, validate you, um, and accept help from heaven. So that is step number three. Step four is bend your light and shine. So in a Fresnel lens, uh, the light rays bend and unify, and they shine out into the night. This bending of light is called Refraction. Refraction takes place when light passes from one transparent medium to another. Uh, in a Fresnel lens, it happens when uh, light passes from air to glass. Uh, just like in a person, a person can also um, have refraction if they are if their lens is clean, not muddied um, by their choices or outside circumstances. So, if, when you are transparent, when you are see through, your light can change direction. You can change direction. So that's step number four. The last step is find, harbor, and become it. So in this step, you will rise up out of the waters of failure, rejection, and fear, uh, and you will take your steps to reach the shore. Once there, you will plant your feet in the sand, turn around, look out over the horizon, find another lost mariner, and bring them home. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's it just makes me so... Uh, so I've never talked to anybody about lighthouses before, <laughs> at least, and it's not on this level of detail. And it's so interesting to me because literally you can find God everywhere, right? It's it's such yeah. a brilliant world that He's created that literally you can give glory to Him and find Him in everything. You know, we we look at yes. a lighthouse and there's so much in there about. It reminds me of when Christ said that we are the light of the world, and you know that we're yeah. tried by fire and and yeah. silver and gold, and you know it's like all these things were created. And you can discover him in in everywhere you look. It's just so fascinating. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Hmm. That's it. What's what's been some of your greatest challenges? I guess since let's say since the event that you experienced five years ago with kind of like a new level of faith. What's been some of your greatest challenges? Yeah. A friend of mine, and this reminds me, a friend of mine recently said, uh, "Well, hold on. I think I. Had, yeah, that's it." Um, in order to live well, we must first learn to die well. Oh, nice. Isn't that profound? Yeah, that's a good one. So uh, it's it's the it's the dying. Um, I don't always do it well, but and what I'm finding it's 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 truly a daily surrender because yeah. of, of of our our desires, our our agendas, our plans. Uh, because what the Lord has for us is always greater than what we think, even though 
It's true. You know, we may not be able to see. And that's that's a hard part because sometimes we we're not able to see all the steps, you know, or what or yep. what what it has for us. But it is it is dying well, dying, putting my flesh down, you know, um, in 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 my agenda. So I have to, I mean, really daily surrender, like visualize myself just putting it down. Um because that that helps renew my mind, my heart posture, and everything. So so some of the challenges have been have been doing just that. I was going to say, what are some habits that you've noticed that have helped you to do that daily? You know, like Paul yeah. says, he dies every day, and I, I mean, I can totally relate to what you just said because it's so. You know, you think you you've learned something, and then the, <laughs> then you then you miss some sleep, or then your technology doesn't work, or whatever. Yeah. You know, and then. You're like, ah, oh, dang it. I haven't learned anything, you know, it's just, know. so it's, it's just a constant, it's really quite amazing. You know, it's really, yes. quite, it's really quite amazing, especially after God gives you new awareness and you see things that you didn't, but then you realize just how, again, like Paul's words, like who's going to deliver me from this body of death. You know, and there's just yeah. this, this flesh that we've inherited by the time you even come to Christ and you're aware of Jesus, you're, you know, the cross isn't foolishness to you anymore. By that yeah. time, it's you have so many patterns that are ingrained in your brain. I mean, look at your little girls, right? By the yeah. time they're you know two, three years old, they already have an ego. They already have a sense of identity. They're already manipulating you for attention. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, it's oh, just, yeah, for you know, sure. by the time we come to Christ consciously and we have a conscious decision about that, those things are just locked in. It's just a, it's a real struggle. But anyway, don't yes. cut you off. Yeah. But yeah. So, what are some of the things that you feel? some like concrete habits that yeah can help you do that yeah number one is prayer um praying in the spirit you know and with with english you know having my prayer language and, and it builds you know our prayer language builds up our inner man right we you know i don't know what i'm saying you know generally um but th that it really does build up the um and, uh, the inner man. Now, Kenneth Hagen has written a book that um, called um, Beyond the Upper Room, and it really dives deep into tongues and can help, you know, any of the readers who might have a spirit of offense or something that may not understand what what this is uh, or, or, or or whatnot, help them. Uh, it's really, really incredible. So, so praying the spirit has truly help, helps me. You will actually feel, I mean, even inside, it's like there's a like a wall coming down, like you're, you're building yourself up and it helps your flesh to die. It's hard to, hard to explain, yeah. but, um, prayer. And then, uh, when you, when you get up and pray, it's the, that's the intimacy. It's not a one-way street. And this is the thing you're not, it's not you just talking to God. It is, um, sitting. It's the pause. It is listening for him for words, for direction, asking him, you know, that just building that intimacy because it's a partnership. I mean, you, this show dance, dancing is, is, you know, it's not one person, uh, lead, you know, it's you have dance a, of life leader. It's a partnership. Exactly. <laughs> dance of life. And I love how you, how you, uh, you, you talk about that. And I was listening to one of your podcasts that you're one of your recent podcasts when you talked about that. And I'm like, that's, that's exactly right. You know, it's a duality. You have, you know, you're the leader, you're the follower, but both both are parts. It's a partnership. Yeah. And really, that's what God desires from us. He wants to talk to us just as much as he wants us to talk to him. Yep. So by creating that, and prayer does that. Um, so prayer number one, uh, 
really helps to posture my heart. And when I do that in the morning, sometimes I sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's on a walk where I'm in our neighborhood. I'm walking around the pond. I love and praying and walking. It's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very therapeutic, you know, yes. and you're able to connect connect with the father and um and so that th- those really help so so prayer um surround yourself with other like-minded uh, people podcasts that that um you know really speak to you i listen to a lot of uh sean bowles uh you know, I don't know if you know sean um he has exploring the marketplace series exploring the prophetic um you know other, other podcasts that are really going to be spiritually uh enlightening for you uh really just helps you stay you know connected to so those are some some things some habits yeah oh and, and reading the bible like so so when you read you know words will jump off the page at you it's it's um and that's that's part of that so when you're when you're praying when you're reading you're able to even see like perceive god's heart in a different way um so what happened with me is that I was able, and I talked about my lens being changed. It was my perception too of what our heavenly father, who our heavenly father is. Mm. And, um, you know, you when you're reading the Bible, God is love. Well, what is love? You know, God is kind. If you, if you know that when you truly understand those things, you see him differently and you even yeah. experience that the relationship changes because he's not this hard giving you this, you know, Bible thumping, you know, do this or else kind of thing. He truly loves us, you know? And so it helps when you, when you, um, when that wall comes down, you're able to, to see differently. It really does help. You know, it's always gonna, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, you know, cause you, you think about like, okay, what are we going to do for eternity? And one of the things I realized, I'm like, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever get tired of, of marveling at the fact that we exist simply that we exist that yeah god came down in the flesh to yeah. ransom our lives i mean it's just it's it's just over my head you know the, you can understand yeah. it to a point but then you you just can't grasp the infinite you know nature of that it's just that the creator of the universe coming down in physical form and and not only that but getting humiliated <laughs> for yeah. for me to live, you know, it's just like wow. Yeah. I, I'm going to marvel at that for the rest of eternity. It's just crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I love that. The all yeah. that reminds me. John Bevere spoke. Uh, are you familiar with John Bevere? Um, Wait, John Revere or John Bevere? Oh, Bevere. Bevere. No, I don't think so. I haven't heard of he, him. Uh, he's an uh, international speaker. His wife is Lisa. She. um Hmm. You know, I guess uh, I guess you can look him up. He he just yeah. came to our church and um, and spoke. Uh, we had spiritual renewal last week, and so he was night number two, and he spoke on the awe of God. You know, the awe of God, yeah. like fear, and how that needs to be restored. You know, and so it just reminded me of, um, you know, that's what he wants from us. It's not not fear him in an, in, in this uh, negative, fearful way but it's the reverence, right? Yeah. And the awe of who he is. So yeah, I love it. It's fascinating too. I mean, you talk about partnership and it's like, you know, I feel very blessed for my background with with partner dancing. And the funny thing is that, you know, it's just, again, it's just the genius of God and everything because I never in my life would have thought I would end up doing what I'm doing today. 
but it yeah. all but but you look back you're like oh all those things kind of built up to that point like dancing for me was a totally ego-based thing you know especially competitive ballroom dancing super superficial but now yeah. i look back and I'm like that whole thing the whole dance of life learning you know to see patterns in dancing that relate to life all that now i understand why that was in my life so that i can understand this this partnership that we have with God, you know, that he calls us into, which is this dance of life, which is this constant communication back and forth. You know, he's leading, we're following, yeah. we're, as, we're asking, he's responding, we're, we're listening, we're waiting. It's a constant, and it's such a beautiful thing, because if you think about religion, it's there is no dancing. It's just like top-down, you know, obedient, yeah. like blind obedience, you know, there's yes. no there's no reason for anything. And so it's just, wow, you know, what a... What a thing that we're we are called into partnership with the with the transcendent infinite creator. I mean, that's just blows my mind. It really will never yeah. cease to blow my mind. Yeah. 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 Same. Well, what would you have to say about somebody who's on the fence with Jesus today? Yeah. What would you yeah. tell them? You know, um, someone who's on the fence, they are not able to commit. So it, it seems like somebody is not wanting to commit. Um, and whether it was someone in their life who validated and, you know, who, who violated their trust, um, maybe another church, like a church experience that, you know, it's, it seems like failings of, of, of man, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I would tell that, you know, those people to not look at men because we, we, you do fail, you know? Um, and I, I, you know, look to the father, what, what, how does that, what, how do you do that? Um, I would, I would, I would challenge that person to, to, uh, to read the Bible for 30 days. And, you know, uh, th that I think that's one thing I could think of. If you just, you know, see it for 30 days, if you Where can would just you make start? this habit. Where would you have them start? Um, uh, Proverbs, uh, you could do 31, you know, Proverbs 31, you could, you could start there and just read all of it. You know, yeah. um, I love, I do love the gospel though. I mean, um, you know, right now, like I remember, uh, you had said something about you, you're reading the Bible over. I am doing that right now. Um, and I start, you know, I don't think I've ever read through the Bible sequentially before. That's great. And so yeah. throughout my life, I've, you know, like I grew up doing the Baptist sword drills where, you know, like my fingers knew where all, everything was, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so they would tell me, okay, go to this book in this chapter. I'm like, it's like in my mind, I already knew how far over I had to go. Right. Yeah. So all the things I knew how to get to these places, but, but I don't recall ever reading it, especially uh, where, where I am now spiritually, you know? Yeah. And so I just felt this prompting from the Lord because I'd started in the gospels uh, uh, right after I dove in hearing just the words of Jesus and just seeing him differently. And now just starting from the beginning and uh, making my way through, but maybe a good place to start would be, would be Proverbs for somebody. Um, yeah. So that, that could be an option as well. Yeah. I, I love reading the Bible all the way through. Cause it's, it, you, you see so much foreshadowing and typology and symbology that's all leading up to Christ. And by the time you get up to the new Testament, it's like, wow, all these wow. thousands of years of history has been painted so that it could it could frame Christ. It's, yes. it's, it's it's really brilliant. Yes, yeah. Well, what are you most grateful for today, Angela? Oh gosh. Um I am most grateful for uh being rescued. 
Um, and <clears throat> I got choked up earlier just even thinking about this, but uh, just, you know, God rescued me. We didn't really talk too much about in the book. I, I, I'm very vulnerable. I go into that, into my complete um, season. And I call it my night, which was a little over yeah. 11 years ago. And it was a very difficult time for me. Um, I made some choices that were, um, were, were, were wrong and hard. And I went through a very, you know, it was almost, it was a downward spiral. I, I had, you know, I had uh, oppression, uh, severe oppression, uh, and and I had some depression as well with that. But just a lot of fear, a lot of darkness, and um, God, God rescued me. You know, it's he, he really, you know, like I was the one he went after, and he he'll do that for anybody. But he truly did that for me, and so I'm thankful for being rescued, uh, resurrection because I was I was dead inside. Uh, my heart was cold. I was numb. And he gave me a heart of flesh, right? And he says that in his word. And so um, that happened to me. So that's why I'm so passionate about other people, because I know there are others out here. And with this, I am reminded, thank you, Lord. I want to tell you this dream, okay, before we get off. So in this dream, uh, I was standing in a school uh, and I was talking with a girl. There was a uh, man who was trying to steal identity okay so he was trying he was reaching out trying to get uh the credentials for somebody and and to have her click on this link and uh and i realized there was a red flag raised in my spirit because the person who reached out was reaching out from the bank bank b-e-n-k and that was misspelled you know, mm. and I thought this person isn't who they say they are, you know, so I knew initially this person's trying to steal th their identity. So I was telling, uh, I was telling this woman about it. And then I looked over to my right and there was a man sitting at a desk and he said he was dressed in a suit. And I just knew he was the superintendent of the school. Like he was the overseer. He ran the school and it, it was a university. And so uh, I said, he said, do you know what time it is? And so I looked down on his desk and there was a digital clock and I saw red numbers that said 1102. And so I repeated, it's 1102. And he said, for the next, over the next two hours, there will be three people who will be hit with thoughts of suicide. So in the dream, I immediately started praying for them. And then I started saying, fill them up, fill them up fill them up over and over and over again until I was practically screaming it. As I was saying, fill them up, I felt this electric current come, like fill my entire body. And I knew that the words that I was saying was like doing something at that moment to those people. It was uh, like muffling the voice of the enemy with those thoughts that, you know, so it, it wouldn't hit those people. So, uh, which I believe gave me a uh, you know, a strategy prayer, a prayer strategy for um, for people who may be hit with thoughts of suicide, fill them up. So anyway, in after that happened, I woke up out of the dream. I'm laying in my bed and I'm still praying for those people. It was, I believe it was like actually 1102 at night. You know what I mean? So, oh, wow. um, and I, I have to look to see 1102, I feel like could also be some type of scripture reference that God wants me to look mm. at, but I haven't found which one it is yet. So if you do, and you know, let me, let me know. But, uh, 
So I wake up and I'm still praying for them. I'm saying, fill them up, fill them up, fill them up. The electric current is still filling my entire body, just like it did in the dream. It was so powerful, so remarkable. So there is a specific calling, um, you know, on my life. And I know it was with students in a school. I mean, I, I didn't know who those three people were, but I believe that the Lord wanted me to pray for them at that very moment. You know, sometimes when, when, Things happen. Things can happen in a spirit, you know, like in a dream. Yeah. Things are actually happening. You can break things. You know, it's it's just it's remarkable. So that dream was very powerful. And dealing with students too, I know that there's a specific calling for me to to different people's people groups, but also students um, because one one of the my fail, failings that I had or one of my hard times was went during law school, and when I was a student myself. So. Uh, there, there's a calling there um, on my life, and uh, I'm saying yes to it, even though it may feel a little uncomfortable, you know. And that's what's so neat about God, because if it feels uncomfortable, it's probably God. Amen. <laughs> so awesome. There we go. Um, but I'm so, I'm so, I'm so grateful. I guess getting back to it, I'm so grateful for being rescued, for resurrection, um, for redemption, for my kids, my husband, just, you know, a second chance at, uh, at life really. And it's just so powerful. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with my friend, Angela. You know, we all have periods in our life where we go through sometimes long seasons of darkness but we can't forget the light of the world, and that's Christ. We have to keep our eyes on him. Every day it's a practice. I know certainly I can relate to Paul's words, famous words, that he dies every day. We have to die every day. There's many days where I feel like I haven't learned anything, and ultimately we have to just keep our eyes on him, remember grace, remember the joy that we have in the fact that he overcame the world. He is our lighthouse. And so wherever you are today, If you're walking with the Lord and you're in a season of your life where you have some challenge, I hope this has brought you some encouragement, maybe some practical tools. If you want to check out Angela's book, I'll put it in the comments of this episode to get some practical strategies. But remember, Christ is the light of the world. He's the one that gives us hope. And if you haven't committed your life to him today, ask him into your heart and let him transform and give you a new one. So until next time, hope you have a wonderful day and God bless.